0: Folks who may not attend Bemis um, regularly, or maybe this is your first time at all, and just to kind of you know refresh some of our other folks, um, most of our folks now probably know that from time to time, I like to, uh, if I find a book uh, that I feel like is really going to enhance your walk with Christ or, or your relationship with God or your overall uh, spiritual growth, I, um, I, I like to, like to kind of preach through that book. And I've done it on a number of occasions since I've been here. I know we've talked. I know we went through a, a, a one book that was uh, specifically centered towards prayer. I know that we talked. <coughs> we went through another book called uh, "The Good Beautiful God" that uh, talked about understanding the na- the overall nature of God. and... Uh, the fact that God truly is love and, and how uh, embracing just that simple idea changes so much about our relationship with Him and so much about our relationship with other people. And it, it seems like there was another book that we might have gone through at some point, but if, if there has, um, I can't I can't remember it this morning for, um, if we did. Anyway, I want to go through another book with you guys uh, for, for the next several weeks, and it's a book called Streams of Living Water. Anybody ever heard of this before, by the way? Good, so it's all new to you um, but yeah, this, the name of this is Streams of Living Water. And the, uh, the title of it, the title of that book is kind of based on these words that, that we find from Jesus in John chapter 7. I'm going to read these to you real, real quick. It's John 7, uh, verses 37 and 38. <clears throat> John 7, verses 37 and 38. I actually hear paper folding. There are, there are some Methodists that bring their Bibles to church still. I'm on a roll this morning now, y'all, come on. We're we're, going to perk it up. (laughs) On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. That's the word of God for the people of God. So you kind of get this idea of where this, of where this title comes from. And that's probably not new to most of you guys. That, that expression that, about living water probably is not new to most of you. Uh, you may recall the story that we oftentimes refer to as the woman in the well. Jesus says something very similar. Um, he, sa- he says this to her. Um, if you knew who it was that asked you for a drink, you would have asked me and I would have given you living water. So this is kind of an expression that he uses... Uh, pretty doggone frequently and kind of kind of tying into into what we talked about last week we talked about God being the source of all peace of all contentment of all compassion all mercy and all true love so this idea of water and thirst is this metaphor that's used by Jesus and it's this metaphor that used that's actually used out throughout the entire entire Bible that points us back to that source that points us back to that source that source of course which is God are you spiritually thirsty are you parched Come to me, whoever believes in me, as Scripture says, as Scripture said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. So again, this is kind of where this title comes from. It's a cool little title, I think. Uh, so the book we're going to be uh, looking at was authored by a guy named Richard Foster. Y'all have heard me on a number of occasions quote Richard Foster and, or, and, or allude to him during my sermons. Uh, he's also the author of another book called Celebration of Discipline. I ever read Celebration of Discipline? Man, we got some work to do, folks. Um, this was like the first book that I ever read um, that, uh, that really, really dealt with this idea of spiritual formation, growing in Christ-likeness, and uh, you know, incorporating spiritual disciplines into, my, into, into our lives, and spiritual training, really, is what it is. But it was the first book that I ever read, read, on, read on that topic, and, and it was a life-changer for me. Um, it's, it's, it's an older book, it's about 40, 42 years old at this point but if you ever get a chance, man, I really, I really encourage you guys to read it it's not an academic book, it's, a, it's not a hard book it's more of a, it's more of a book of, of just practicality you know, incorporating things into your life that's, that, that, that you know, is going to get you closer to God and uh, enhance that relationship with Him but anyway, we're not talking about that one, we're talking about streams of living water uh, <laughs> do yourself a favor and check that one out though, if you get a chance But this idea, the whole idea behind streams of living water is the various traditions or the various streams of historical Christianity, these traditions that have existed throughout the centuries. It's based on this idea that, for the most part, certain churches, certain denominations, certain church cultures, certain church movements have been strongly influenced by and have emphasized Strongly, one of these six streams, what we're calling streams or traditions, over certain other streams or traditions. So what Foster calls us to do, and I agree with him 100%, 100% is he calls us to look outside our preferred... And I want to talk to you about the streams. I'm going to explain them a little bit in a second. But what he calls us to do is to look outside our preferred traditions or the traditions that we're accustomed to and maybe look at and the ones that we're exposed to most and try to learn to incorporate some of these other streams or some of these other traditions as a means to having a more nourishing and a more fulfilling spiritual life, which, of course, is going to lead us to a greater love for God and to a greater love for all the people, for other people. Now, one of the cool things that Foster does, and we'll talk about this a little bit more in detail as we move, move on down the road a little bit, but he talks about um, the, uh, the rich benefits of the qualities of each of these streams but he also discusses the dangers of what can happen when we put too much emphasis on just one of them above the others and again we'll talk about that more as we get as we get a little bit deeper into this but for now um, I just want to give you a quick rundown of what I'm what we're talking about when I, when I see this, when I use this word streams when I use this phrase uh, church traditions uh, certain certain traditions faith traditions um, Again, like I mentioned earlier, there's basically six primary traditions, six primary streams that have existed throughout, throughout Christianity. And most Christian movements have generally emphasized one of these streams over the others. And I hope you, that you pick up on what I'm talking about here in a second. Each of these has their own unique characteristics and their own unique insights. And I'm going to run through them real quick today, and we'll, we'll start getting them a little deeper into them next week. Lorelai, can you pull up that first slide? So keep in mind, these are the, these are basically the six primary emphasis of, of every stream of Christianity that's ever existed, and, and you're going to see there's, there's there's some that will mix a few streams together, but there's all for the most part there's all for the most part in most move, Christian movements, Christian churches, Christian denominations, it's always the primary focus of, of at least one of these over the others. So we're going to start here with what's called the contemplative tradition contemplative basically is a big fancy word for prayer okay so the contemplative tradition is this 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 is a stream that invites us to quiet our minds and to open up our hearts to that still small voice of god one of the primary verses that people use when they talk about the contemplative tradition is psalm 46:10 be still and know that i am god so through practices such as meditation contemplative prayer We learn to listen and we learn to respond to God's presence in the midst of our daily lives. Again, this is just a fancy word for having a prayer-filled life. It's about embodying what Paul says to us when he wrote those words, pray at all times, pray without ceasing. It's about having a constant connection with God. It's about having a rich prayer life with God. It's about learning to listen to God. It's about learning to to, to, uh, listen to God in the stillness, not just talk at God, as you guys have heard me say so very often, but actually learning to sit down, be still, and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And the Holy Spirit will do that because that's the Holy Spirit's job. But basically, once again, this is just the prayer-filled life, enhancing our lives with constant prayer, learning to always be in the presence of God, which is such a cool idea. And I don't think that's impossible. I think there's a reason Paul said pray without ceasing. I think, I think it really is possible for us to, to, be in the, to realize that we're in the presence of God all, at all times and have that constant communion with Him. So the second stream that we're going to talk about is the holiness tradition. This is one most of you guys are probably going to be very, very familiar with. Rooted in a commitment to live holy and righteous lives, this stream emphasizes the importance of moral integrity and personal transformation. Does that sound familiar to anybody? It challenges us to pursue a life of purity and self-discipline as we strive to reflect the character of Christ. I would say that that's kind of a pretty prominent stream, particularly in our geographical area. And again, most of you guys who have gone to church in South Georgia during your lifetime have probably been exposed to to this particular stream at one one point or another. Thirdly, the charismatic tradition, the one that scares the mess out of Methodists. Flowing with the power of the Holy Spirit. This stream reminds us of the dynamic and the miraculous aspects of the Christian faith. It encourages us to seek the gifts of the Spirit, such as healing, prophecy, speaking in tongues as a means of experiencing God's supernatural presence. How many by just curious? How many folks have ever been to a Pentecostal or charismatic worship service? All right, so yeah, yeah, a, a good a good number of you. Scared the mess out of me the first time. But I wound up, uh, my wife and I and son wound up actually uh, being a part of a Pentecostal denomination for a couple of years, and we, and we got a lot out of it. It's a type of church that I swore, swore I would never step into. I thought they were crazy. I thought it was all a show, and, and, and I, I was very apprehensive about that. God has a sense of humor because he put me there for two years. and And... and <laughs> or, or he just teaches me a lot of humility. Um, but, yeah, you know, I learned a lot of stuff in these atmospheres, and it's stuff that I continue to carry in my life today. Just because I'm a Methodist, and most Methodist churches don't engage, you know, in, in, in charismatic or Pentecostal-type worship, it's still a part of me. And and, and the belief of, of, of these supernatural gifts, absolutely, 100%. I've seen too much. I've been exposed to too much not to believe in these things. That's why you hear me talk about the Holy Spirit so much. That's the one stream. This is the one stream of Christianity in America that emphasizes the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit sometimes I refer to as the forgotten God. We talk about God a lot of times. We talk about Jesus a lot of times. But the Holy Spirit is just always kind of off to the side somewhere. We, we recognize the Holy Spirit as part of the Trinity, but we don't talk about them a whole lot. This is the one tradition that does that. and that's something that we can that we can all embrace. Fourthly, the social justice tradition, grounded in Jesus' call to care for the marginalized and the oppressed, this stream compels us to actively engage in works of mercy and, mer- and justice. It challenges us to address systemic injustices and to be agents of positive change in, the, in our communities and the world. Now if in your mind right now you are, making the word social justice some kind of political term, I'm going to ask you to stop that, and I'm going to ask you to make it a Christian term, a religious term. So if, you, if it makes you more comfortable, if it affects your political sensibilities, just call it biblical justice, because that's exactly what it is. From the Old Testament prophets all the way through Jesus in the New Testament, you see this idea of caring for the marginalized and caring for the oppressed over and over and over and over again is an undeniable part of Holy Scripture, absolutely undeniable. And it does talk about systemic justice as well. All of these things that we do, all of this stuff that's combined, that hurts people, that that, 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 uh, that, uh, that oppresses people, those are our responsibility too. So a lot of churches, a lot of streams, we as Methodists, and I'll tell you about this in a second, we had a strong social justice emphasis for a long time, and some and in some cases we still do. So again, this is idea of actually doing the stuff that Jesus says do, right? Care for the marginalized, compassion, serving the poor, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, all of that good stuff. Fourth, fifth, the evangelical tradition. Focused on the proclamation of the gospel and the authority of Scripture, this stream highlights the importance of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ and nurturing it and nurturing a personal relationship with him. It reminds us of the power of God's words to transform lives. Now that word evangelical, let's talk about that one for a second because that one's kind of got a bad rap and it's also got some political overtones as well over the years. Being an evangelical, being part of the evangelical stream does not mean that you are a Republican, nor does it mean that you are part of a specific voting block. It means that you... Take the Bible seriously. It means the Bible is primary in your understanding of Christianity. It means it means that Scripture is first. And then, again, that we take the Scripture seriously. Evangelical traditions traditionally have emphasized evangelism, reaching the lost, making converts, those types of things. And they've been and they've always been big on missions, carrying out missions, serving other people, those types of things. So that's what it means to be an evangelical. And you guys, you guys probably know this by now. The majority of churches in the Valdosta, South Georgia area, they're going to fall primarily under this category as being their their stream of Christianity. For the most part, we certainly have an element of that with us. <laughs> and then, lastly, this was kind. Of, this one's kind of this one's kind of hard to, to describe. This is this is I, I, I appreciate it, but it, but it, it's hard for me to um, really 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 describe um, well. But it's called the Incarnational Tradition. So emphasizing the embodiment of Christ's love in the world. This stream encourages us to see every aspect of life as sacred. It calls us to serve and to engage with the world around us, infusing our daily activities with a sense of purpose and mission. And the best way, the easiest way that I can think to succinctly um, state basically what that means is that it's kind of very similar. It's kind of very similar to the contemplative tradition. It's about realizing the presence of God. At all times, all places, everywhere. But it's a little bit more than that. It's a, little bit, it's a little bit more than just talking with God and listening to God. It's about realizing that every single thing that I do, every action I take, every thought that I have throughout the day, is a, is a spiritual action. Is a spiritual action. There is no separation. And this is what I'm getting at with this tradition. This is part of that, this tradition that I love. There's no separation between the worldly and the spiritual because it's all spiritual. Everything that I do is spiritual. Every decision that I make in my life is a spiritual decision. Every relationship that I have with another human being is spiritual. Every work decision that I ever make is a spiritual decision. We are constantly, there is no separation. There is no church Jerry and outside the church Jerry. There's no separation between the two. Everything is spiritual. God is always with us. God is always around us. So that just kind of gives you a base outline of these traditions that we're going to be talking about. If you are curious, the Methodist church, the Methodist movement was and is primarily part of the holiness tradition. That may come as a surprise to you, but it's always emphasized the ideas of purity of heart, purity of motive purity of intention and self discipline now that may come as a surprise because of some preconceived notions that a lot of us have when we hear that word holiness but this has always been methodism's primary focus certainly there is a very present and a very there are very present and very strong elements of the evangelical tradition and the social justice tradition within methodism but holiness has always been the primary focus. Y'all think of some other church environments y'all might have been exposed to. Not, not this church, outside of these walls. What tradition, and y'all don't have to answer this out loud, obviously, but what tradition, or considering these, what tradition or what traditions would you say were most prevalent in those types of cultures, those types of church cultures, those those atmospheres? For Catholics and for Episcopalians, for example, the incarnational tradition, which greatly emphasizes liturgical worship and the sacraments, especially communion, are very prominent. The incarnational tradition is very prominent in those in those in those traditions. You're also finding those traditions pretty heavy emphasis on the contemplative stream and the social justice stream. Our Baptist brothers and sisters, as I as I talked about earlier, they are all about emphasizing the primacy of the Bible within the evangelical tradition they're big on evangelism they're big on making converts and they're big on having that personal relationship with jesus i think that's probably where that whole that phrase come from by the way having a personal relationship with christ if i had to take an educated guess because it's not in the bible all of us have heard that do you have a personal relationship with jesus christ that phrase doesn't come from the bible i think it probably comes from the baptist (laughs) Uh, because because we've heard it so much right that's because they emphasize it a lot. That's that's a big part of the evangelical tradition. We talked about the Pentecostals and, and the charismatics a second ago, where they greatly emphasize the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit and, and nurturing those spiritual gifts. So I hope you have. I hope at some point in your life you you have been exposed to some of these uh to some of these different streams, some of these different traditions, at least, at least somewhat. And and if you haven't, I, I encourage you to do so. I'm not gonna get you're not gonna hurt my feelings. I encourage you guys to get out there and, and expose, <laughs> expose yourself. <up>. <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> I encourage you to get out there and to get exposed <laughs> t- to some different traditions than the one that you're accustomed to or the, the one that's been most prevalent in your life. I encourage you to go out and go and check out a Catholic Mass, for example. If you've never been to a Catholic Mass, Go and check it out. It's, it, to me, they are very, very enriching. I absolutely love them. They're not going to let you take communion, but the, but, be, but being in that environment, is, 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 it's really, really cool to be in that type of liturgical worship uh, worship space. If you've never been to a Charismatic or a Pentecostal church, well, I'm not going to say they're not going to scare you because that's very, that's very possible. <laughs> Sit in the back. Um, <laughs> but go but but go check one out and and see what they're all about in, in all in all seriousness uh learn how to embrace these things and learn how to spot spot the minor differences you know i was i was i was um brought up in in the evangelical tradition, most of us probably were as well um you know that was that was that was the that was the emphasis of the churches that my mom and dad went to there was a little bit of uh, you know of holiness thrown in there maybe a little bit of social justice uh but but the, it was primarily you know evangelical it was all about it was all about um getting the bible right and and witnessing to people and and uh, making converts and and those types of things so that was all that i knew that was all the church that i knew for a very 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 long time okay That's what I judged the entire church by was what I had been through myself. Little did I know that there were all kinds of expressions of Christianity out there that exist. Expressions that I could embrace in my own life. Expressions that made a whole lot more sense to me than some of this other stuff that I was brought up with. Uh, So yeah, you know, today, and that's what this whole thing is about. That's what this whole series is about. Is is, uh, is, is, un- is is learning stuff about the. I got to get that word exposed out of my mind because it's just. I got somebody got to give me a synonym here. <coughs> but but learning. So what was that? Experience. experience. Um, golly, I lost my place. <laughs> Getting experience uh, in some of these other traditions and, and learning learning more about the Catholic Church, for example. I'm heavily influenced today by, by, by the historical church fathers, what we call the historical church fathers. I'm heavily influenced in my beliefs, my theology, by some of these, some of these Catholic saints, St. Saint Francis, St. Saint, uh, Saint, Saint Benedict, St. Saint, uh, Ignatius. Um, Catholics make a lot of sense to me in a lot of areas. Uh, I told you a minute ago, I, I've got, <laughs> that's going to be my new word, Alex, I've got that experience in the, uh, in, in the charismatic tradition, which, which really rubbed off on me. And, and made a major, major impact. Y'all know that I'm big on, on, uh, on, uh, on service work and stuff, so I've braced a good bit of that social justice thing. Um, the whole point of this thing is to learn about these if you've never known about them, for one thing, because I'm guessing most of you are like me. Y'all, y'all have been within one or two, maybe, of these, and, and that's all that you know. So it's about learning, and it's about you know, really uncovering the wonders and of the richness of, of our church traditions, of our church culture, all that Christianity has to offer. And we're going to talk about the good, and we're going to talk about the bad also, you know, because that's something that I've learned to do too. That too much of a good thing is too much. Too much of a good thing can be bad. So, when, for example, when we emphasize holiness, 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 that can lead to a lot of legalism. That can lead to a lot of uh, you're not saved if you don't do this and this and this and this. So that's a danger, for example, of including uh, or, or, or of, of, of overemphasizing a particular stream. Of course we know there's good things about the holiness tradition, about purifying our motives, purifying our intentions, purifying our hearts, growing in Christ's likeness. So we're going to talk about the good, we're going to talk about the good, and we're going to talk about the dangers that, that are involved in each of these traditions if we overdo it a little bit. So I hope that makes a little bit of sense to you guys this morning. I'm really excited about this, and I hope that you guys over the next few weeks will... Uh, you know, open up your hearts to, uh, to the presence of the Holy Spirit. Open up your, open up your, your minds. And if, and if this is new to you, and I hope it is new to a lot of you guys. This y'all, y'all can tell I get pretty excited about talking about this. Um, and I hope that, that that you'll allow Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit does and work in your hearts, if that, if that's God's will for you, uh, to learn about these things and maybe start practicing, or embracing uh, some of these things that that we, that we learn over these next few weeks. Y'all, pray with me, gracious God. We thank you this morning, as we always thank you for Jesus Christ, your Son. We thank you, God, for the history of the church and uh, all of these church traditions that have, that have existed throughout the centuries. All these church traditions that have been formed. And God, we just want to get closer to you. That's 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 the that's the primary thing about all this is we just want to become more authentic disciples of Jesus Christ, people who actually think, who actually talk, and who actually walk as our Savior and our Lord directs us. To to be and directs us to do in the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit we pray Amen